Listener Production. Why have the banks held the share market back? And find out where the ASX 200 ended this week. Good afternoon, I'm Steve. And I'm Laura. It's the 5th of May. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Laura, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Stevie. We made it to another, at the end of another big week, and it was um, a good way to end it, wasn't it? It was actually. The Aussie market lifted today, which was a very welcome change to end the week. It wasn't by that 1.6% that we were wanting to see on the back of what we discussed yesterday there, Stevie, and that would have taken us into positive territory for the week. But it certainly was better than what we were seeing at the start of trade today. The market was down 0.3%, and that was mainly due to what we were seeing in the financial sector But it didn't take long. Our market managed to recover with the ASX 200 index lifting by 27 points or 0.4 of a percent to 7,220 at the close of trade today. And over the week, however, the market did drop 1.2%, making it the third straight week of declines. So obviously we rose today. You're right, though, the market fell because in the past three days, we slumped around 2%, which is pretty difficult. It was always going to be a, a you know, big ask for our market to uh, snap this two-week losing streak. We hit a five-week low in the past couple of days as well, and a lot happened this week. Rate hikes everywhere. Australia was the big one, of course, on Tuesday. We had a rate hike in the US and also in Europe. We had disappointing updates on the state of China's economy and commodities going backwards as well. What can you tell us about how the different sectors did on Friday? As I mentioned earlier, financials were in trouble towards the beginning of trade. They were down close to 1.5%, but they managed to recover over the course of the day to end a third of 1% higher. They were, however, the worst performer over the course of the week, though, and we saw utilities actually lifting most over the past five days. Looking back at what happened today, though, real estate performed best. They were up around 2%. And materials, which makes up a pretty big chunk of our market, they were up about half a percent. And that was supported by lifts that we saw in gold and lithium stocks. Now, just while we're on the topic of lithium miners, we actually had a chance to sit down with the CEO of Core Lithium, Gareth Manderson, here at Comsec. Our lovely Tom Petrovsky spoke to him about how they're progressing as a business and the outlook for lithium prices and a bunch of other interesting topics. So, For those of you that are interested in lithium, you can give that a watch. But if we move on to particular stocks today, what can you tell us, Stevie? Well, definitely uh, Tom's lovely, firstly. Um, He is very lovely. I can tell you that. But also (laughs) the banks, they come under a lot of pressure in the past couple of days. And it was really the main reason why our market didn't do so well this week. So ANZ and Macquarie both released profit results today. Yesterday, it was National Bank that not only fell short of what many analysts were expecting for profits, but also its dividend and its margins. So it's a reason why over the week, NAB fell about 7%. Today was a bit of a different story. So as I said, we heard from ANZ and Macquarie. Both actually had record profit results. So starting with ANZ, it released a profit for the six months to March, and it made around $3.8 billion, about 23% more than last year. An 81 cent dividend is what it's going to pay to investors, which is about nine nine cents more than last year. And the margins were a little better as well. It did warn though that competition in the home loan market has been very intense, which we've been hearing from other banks as well, but also that the next six months will be more difficult than the last six. Macquarie was an interesting one. It's an investment bank, so a bit different than the other banks as far as what they do. But 
a record profit, $5.2 billion in 12 months. What helped this, Laura, was interesting. It was the commodities business because of things like the Ukraine war, bad weather. That's created a lot of movement in commodity prices and more business as well. So much so, Laura, that the head of the division was the highest paid person at the bank, Nico Kane, according to the Financial Review. So he took home about $57 million for the year, which is almost as, as much as the group's chief executive. How do we get that Actually, job? $25 million more than the group executive. There you have it. So it's a lot of money, isn't it? It is a lot of money. And it declared a final dividend of $4.50 per share. So certainly has dominated things in the past couple of days, what these banks have done. And the other interesting thing I read about Macquarie today was they did about 71% of the the money that they made was actually from overseas transactions. Mm -hmm. But if we look at another bank of note today, that was Virgin Money. It's a UK-based bank and it's quite a bit smaller than the other banks we've just been discussing, but it's one worth mentioning because it was the worst performer today. It released its interim profit results after the market shut yesterday. And while a lot of its financial figures showed improvements, costs were higher. I guess the takeaway from the report for investors, it seems, was the heavier cost forecasts, even though they did say that they're expecting higher net interest. That would be the story of what we've seen at share price today, with Virgin Money being the worst performer, down 5.5%. Medibank uh, received a bit of attention as well. Certainly not a big mover. It was completely flat, but it was hit by a fresh class action. So this is relating to that data breach, which affected at least 9.7 million customers. uh, And this was back in October. So the shares fell by close to 20% on that day back in October because of that data breach, but it's basically recouped all of those losses since. But today, not really doing much at all on on the market. Finally, onto something that wasn't in the financial sector, brain chip. So this stock stood out today because it actually performed best and it managed to gain almost 9%. And for those of you that don't know, it's an artificial intelligence company. And this sector's gotten a little bit of light lately with ChatGPT and other AI coming out recently. But in terms of brain chip, I was looking at a chart today and what I saw was this stock is one that tends to bounce around a little bit in terms of its share price. Now, As I mentioned, it did lift about 9% today. Last Thursday, it was up about 9% as well. In between there, the share price has been falling. It hit an all-time high in January 2022. It sort of skyrocketed from the end of December 21 into January 2022 from $0.70 to $2.34. But since then, it's been incrementally falling and it's actually dropped about 80% since that all-time high. Yeah, and it's close to hard since the start of this year alone. So you're right, right, it has come under a lot of pressure in, in recent times. Turn our attention to next week. So looking ahead, there'll be quite a bit to, to watch. Just before we get to next week, though, we have some jobs data coming out of the US tonight and that will paint a picture of whether or not we're still seeing that tightness in the jobs market. But mm-hmm. Next week, it won't be quite as action-packed. Obviously, this week, we saw a lot of central banks handing down their interest rate decisions. But looking ahead to what's coming up locally next week, in Australia, the highlight will be updates on business, consumer confidence, and retail trade. The budget's going to be massive as well. That's on Tuesday night, so the federal budget. It's not really typically a market-moving event so much because most of the key initiatives are leaked quite gradually over time to the media. Still, the initiatives as well still need to get through Parliament. So that's something that they're not a given, even if you hear those initiatives. Now, the Treasurer is likely to address the cost of living pressures 
but it's going to be a very delicate balance because, you know, cost of living pressures on one side, but they won't want to do too much to worsen inflation, which would be quite heavily criticized. So that's going to be another big one. Westpac also will be out with its profit results on Monday. And this is after we had, of course, Macquarie ANZ today and NAB just yesterday. And then in the US, it's a little bit quieter than what we've seen this week on the economic data front. However, we get price readings for consumers, producers and trade. They're due to come out. And then over in China, international trade and consumer prices will be the focus for next week. It's never a dull week on the share market, Stevie. It never is. And certainly the US inflation numbers, that would probably be the key risk as far as what could be a market moving event and potentially Chinese trade data on Tuesday, which I think is going to be quite important as well. So that's pretty much it. It's going to be a big week. Watch for all those things next week. And uh, we hope you all had a a great one and enjoy your weekend. Join us again at 8am Monday morning. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.